The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast, with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens-Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello, and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate romance with return guest, certified sex coach, Kristen Thomas, based here in the Kansas City area. Hello, Kristen. Hello. We're having all kinds of technical problems today, but that's okay. We are going to power through. So a certified sex coach, what Mm -hmm. the heck is that? Well, I did go spend a fair amount of money to go get that piece of paper, but that piece of paper also meant that I studied a lot of aspects of human sexuality, as well as proper coaching techniques, because there is a process to coaching people, as well as how to run a business. But I studied under the mother of sex coaching. Her name is Dr. Patty Britton. She realized that there was something missing in sexology, and that was sort of the coaching aspect. We don't always need to diagnose a problem. Sometimes people just need permission for pleasure or sex ed that they missed out on. So... Sometimes they just want to talk about it and ask, like, what are my next steps and how do I get past this? Absolutely. Especially in today's culture, your resources are your friends or family or the internet. And you may or may not get the facts that you need from either of those sources. That's where a sexologist can come in. Right. Because everybody's having sex on the internet and it's way better than what we're having. (laughs) Oh, if only. Oh, like, <laughs> sure, make it look way though, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a whole new year starting out here and new goals and new ways of presenting ourselves in the world. We've also got Valentine's Day coming up, and there's a lot of pressure, explicit and implied, about partnering up on Valentine's Day. So, mm-hmm. what do we need to know about? ourselves in this romantic or sexual type of atmosphere, if we're wanting to get back to it, get into it, partner up. Gotcha. So like for single people that are prowl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think that as with anything, 
there are times where goals can be great. And there are times where I think that goals being goal oriented can actually be. To me, goals are for something that's a little bit more physically tangible. You know, you want to buy a new car by the end of the month. You want to go on a vacation by the end of the year. I think those absolutely should have time bound constraints. But when it comes to finding somebody, I think time bound constraints just leave people to settling for whatever might be around rather than taking the time to sit back and actually find somebody who's a great match. Because what if you gave yourself that date of Valentine's Day to you know, find you a honey, but then on the 16th, you meet the love of your life? Absolutely. So right. I say that because I actually met my husband on February 16th. That is hilarious. <laughs> I know you two like just hit it off almost immediately. Yeah, he's pretty incredible. And I knew that he was a match for me very quickly. I knew he was a match for me before he realized that we were a match, but he figured it out. He figured it out eventually. So say that we are in a relationship with somebody who maybe it's new Mm -hmm. and there is this arbitrary date of Valentine's Day, this expectation that you go out to dinner, you flirt a lot, you have an incredible, passionate evening, Mm -hmm. but you're just now getting to know each other. Like what, how can we navigate something like that? Well, I think part of it's perception. You know, are we treating Valentine's Day as this celebration of our love with one another? Or are we treating it as a celebration of lovers, loving sex, whatever that may be? I am not myself a huge fan of Valentine's. I don't try to make a big deal about it. I don't want other people, whoever I'm in a relationship with to make a big deal. I want an acknowledgement of it because I think that there's ways to acknowledge it without participating in copious amounts of consumerism or worried about breaking the budget. But there's ways to still acknowledge this day that recognizes love in different capacities and the concept of love, not just actual physical love or being in the relationship. So. Maybe you go do something that's less serious for Valentine's with someone that you're in a new relationship with. Maybe it's not the wine and the roses and the hotel. Maybe that's what couples that have been married for a while will do. Maybe you need to go out and do something that's an activity, like go bowling or play pool or ice skating. Ice skating. Absolutely. Something that's physical and fun. Maybe you go to an art class or something together. But I think that there's a touch of check your perceptions. And as you say, Valentine's Day is just a day that got plucked out. They decided it was an important day. Hallmark fed into it so they could sell more cards and teddy bears. And so I always see the two perspectives, right? And it's not always gender-based, but usually one party's like, yay, Valentine's, oh, it's so romantic. The other one's like, I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to do the things. I don't want to participate in, you know, a made up holiday that just, you know, tells me I need to go out and buy a box of candy. I get it. Maybe you don't want to go out and participate in all the trappings. But if you don't do anything, you don't show up with anything to acknowledge the day, you're probably going to flop. when you get home. You're probably not going to be received well when you go out to dinner. If you show up empty handed or don't in some way acknowledge it. No, but that's just like different things for different people. Well, as with anything in relationships, it's communication. Mm -hmm. And 
establishing what those goals are and what the expectations are up front. Yeah. How much of that do you do in your coaching? A lot. I mean, I, I, especially when it comes to talking about what does romanticism look like to you? What are your thoughts and feelings about it? Because there's definitely people out there who are like, I am just not a romantic person. But then when you get into it, you start finding that we've peeled some of these layers back and it's that you do want romance, but maybe you just don't want romance the way you've seen it presented to you before. But what romance means from person to person, I think fundamentally, we are all wanting to be seen. We're all wanting to be acknowledged. We're all wanting like that warm feeling, right? That we get from like loving feelings and being with our lover, this person we want to spend time with. Sometimes we do want the rose petals on the bed. Sometimes we do want the champagne. Sometimes we do want the foot rub. But as you say, trying to help people understand what are my needs and that my needs are important. There's no judgment if you want flowers. There's no judgment if you want flowers every day of the week. It might get a little expensive. Maybe you need to go plant a garden. (laughs) But figuring out what you really want and what you really need and releasing either your personal judgments about it. Of, I'm too needy. My partners in the past have told me I'm expecting too much romance. If that's what you know you want and you need to feel loved, like again, there's that line between is it how much someone's spending on you versus how much effort right. is your partner giving? You don't have to spend a dime to show your partner that you're making effort to be romantic. Honestly, I would rather have a handwritten card than any box of chocolates. Mm -hmm. It's it's the effort and the thought, right? When partners are not on the same page about that, that's kind of tough to get through. Uh, It's like, what would you tell people who are just not quite on the same page? The one partner has an expectation of, I want you to put some sort of effort. And the other one says, this is a made-up holiday. I don't want to buy into that. Mm-hmm. Where can they find common ground? Generally, with couples like that, when I have framed it as, yes, this may be something that in your perception, I'm just going to say, sir, because it's usually gentlemen who feel that way, right? True. Sir, when you think about what your wife or your partner has said they want or they need, And you know that if you don't do those things, and you know that that means she'll be hurt, she'll be disappointed, she'll be sad. How could not doing those things, how could withholding those things be worth it when you know the effect it will have on her? Because to simply say, oh, well, she shouldn't make that big of a deal about flowers. I understand you get price gouged on roses on Valentine's Day. So maybe you just don't get roses. Maybe you walk into the florist and get the cheapest bouquet, but it's still a bouquet. Maybe, again, you don't go buy a card at the store, but you write out a lovely handwritten note on a blank piece of paper that's telling her how much you love and appreciate her. Maybe you just go pick out her favorite outfit from her closet and set it out for her so she knows you're going to take her out for a nice night. Like You don't have to go buy her a new outfit or things like that. But when it's a matter of you digging your heels in and saying, I don't want to do this is only going to cause your partner hurt or harm, then that's the thing you've got to think about. If you think that it's worth digging your heels in and knowing that your partner's going to be hurt, that's on you. Right. These, These are tough choices. They are. So, I mean, can the $30 bouquet be worth it for her smile? Can the 
I don't know, 75 or hundred dollar dinner be worth it because, you know, she really wanted to go out on a date night with you. I think that the amount of money that someone might spend on something like a holiday, like Valentine's is minuscule to the amount of memories you can make. It's minuscule compared to the way that they're going to feel when they're shown this ounce of romanticism. And again, that can look different for different partners. But when you are tapping into the romantic side of your partner's heart, this needs to be a day that's not about participating in the day-to-day minutia. The rest of the year, you're going to have minutia to deal with. Can't you set aside a day where you're trying to make it about anything but that? Can't you set aside a day where your partner seems loved, acknowledged, and like mushy? Make your partner feel mushy for Valentine's Day somehow. (laughs) Or any day, really. You know, their birthday, your anniversary. If there's a disconnect about Valentine's, there's going to be a disconnect about romanticism throughout their relationship. Anyone who's in there saying, I don't want to participate in Valentine's, it's a made-up holiday, probably also bitches about anniversary cards or anniversary dinners or acknowledging other holidays or making holiday magic around Christmas time. So I think that this is a very basic place to start. But if you can start instigating some more romance around Valentine's, you see the results that it gets you. You can do that once a month, right? Absolutely. Also, are you familiar with Steak and BJ Day? <laughs> no. What is that? Steak and BJ Day, that was actually introduced to me by one of my besties. I had never heard of it, but it's kind of a joke. It is March 14th. So a month later, it is the ladies' way of saying, thank you so much for such a wonderful Valentine's. Let's go for steak. Let me make you steak and give you a BJ. Hey, is this a new thing? Because I've never heard of this. I don't know. It's how my best friend and his, well, they're now ex, but they were together for like 12 years. But he was trying to woo her and did all this stuff for Valentine's. And then a month later, she's like, okay, it's steak and blowjob day. And he's like, what? And I was like, what? This is new. But I don't know. That was like 15 years ago almost that that Dina taught me about steak and BJ day. (laughs) The time for that has definitely come, right? After the Barbie movie and putting the two genders on equal footing. I think, no, that's Mm -hmm. perfect. (laughs) There we go. Yes. So yeah, think about that reciprocity, right? Give your partner a little romance. They're going to show you a little romance. And then you just go round and round. And romance means different things to different people, Mm -hmm. which is what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think we all understand that there is a thing as romance. I don't know if we would all agree what it is, Mm -hmm. but why is it important from a sex ed perspective? I don't want to take too much of your time, but I would like to ask you a few simple favors. First of all, please rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you're listening. You know, it sounds like a simple little thing, and it is, but it has a huge impact for us because it helps other people find us in the podcasting algorithms. I don't know how it works, but I do know that it helps a lot. Next, if you would subscribe or follow wherever you're listening, whether that's YouTube or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you're listening, just hit subscribe or follow and that helps you and it helps us. It helps you because then you receive notifications when we have a new episode that's out. 
It helps us because again, algorithm, magic, I don't know what happens, but it helps. And then finally, you can support our podcast in a tangible way by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast, and then click on support the show. Now we have a new feature too. We are now on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. You can also find the link to Patreon when you go to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast. So on Patreon for $3 a month or $5 a month, you can support your metaphysical and spiritual growth. You can learn about upcoming guests and you can get early and ad-free versions of the shows. So please support us. This podcast is free for you to listen, but we have costs and quite frankly, they come out of my pocket. So if you like this content, if you get a lot out of it, please see what you can do to give back. Thank you so much. I think that romance is like psychological lubricant that we need, right? Mm -hmm. We can't just be seen as sexual objects, right? There's that space between platonic and sexual or romantic, right? Or sorry, romantic, I think, fills in that gap in between. It's sort of the stepping stone that, yeah, there's plenty of us out there that can have sex without having a commitment or having love and romance. That's fine. But when we're talking about people who are in committed relationships, we've got to have sort of a ramp up and and maybe even a ramp down, but going from the day-to-day business straight into sex just doesn't psychologically work for us. We've got to get warmed up. We've got to get into the mood, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Romance being the thing that then sets that. That can be the, um, say for instance, you know, you're ending your days, whether you work from home or you work in an office, but your work day has ended, your evening at home with your partner is beginning. Starting off with things like a hug, a kiss, dance in the kitchen, something that feels different from just your day-to-day platonic interaction, something that is setting the tone for this is my person. This is my person I am physical with and intimate with, but it doesn't have to be making out. It doesn't have to be touching body parts under clothes or things like that. Just something that is sort of flipping a switch in our brains that's like, oh, it's it's partner time. That's part of it. And again, just when you're talking about like the day-to-day stuff, romance can be things like giving your partner a surprise gift. It could be just you grab their favorite candy bar on your way home from work, right? Or their favorite takeout. Or you made them a cup of tea and grab their blanket and you're presenting it to them on the couch so they can relax while you make dinner. It's these little things that are showing that you're seen, showing that you're connected. And these are things that more than likely than not, other people are not going to do for you. Maybe your mom would make you some tea and toss a warm blanket on you. But these are acts of love and acts of, it could be sometimes an act of sacrifice. It can sometimes be an act of like, it takes work to do these things. It takes effort. It takes planning sometimes. I like what you said about this. I, I can't remember how you said it, but it's like psychological lubricant. Yeah. Or it's like mental lubrication. I love that. As somebody who's mm-hmm. a sapiosexual myself, mm-hmm. I understand how, you know, we need that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it makes me think of the love languages, that book mm-hmm. that has taken some crap. And I don't know, people seem to be kind of divided over this, but yeah, I'm divided over that. Are you divided? Yeah, tell us why you're divided over the um, love languages. Okay, the love languages aren't really based in any psychological research. Sort of like Myers Briggs, they just made it up. 
so Dr. Gary Chapman basically made all those things up. Also, he's a doctor of theology, not a doctor of psychology. I still talk about the love languages in some ways, but I see it as we need all five of those things to feel loved and seen. And it's just at different times of our life or based on where we're at in our relationship that maybe one bubbles up to the surface. For instance, when I'm working with couples that have mismatched libidos, whoever is wanting sex more, regardless of gender, always ends up having physical touch be the number one outcome when they take the quiz online. Like, well, yeah, no duds, because what you're lacking the most right now. Sense. So I think whenever we see something of, oh, well, I really need quality time, it's probably because you're lacking quality time right now. I remember when I first took the Love Languages quiz, my partner was, he was not very nice. He teased a lot and he'd say kind of mean stuff. And I don't take well to that. I'm an only child. I didn't have siblings to pick on me. Whatever it may be because of, I need kind words. I don't need someone jazzing me up all day long, but don't tease me and don't talk meanly to me. Like, I'm not your little sister. I'm not your coworker. And so I thought that I needed words of affirmation at the time because I just needed nice words. I needed kindness from him. Now, when I have taken the quiz recently, I find that all of them are pretty much the same like point values. Because I'm in a really healthy, satisfying, fulfilling relationship that's very well balanced. I pretty much get all of those five things, which is quality time, physical touch, receiving gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation. Did I get all five of them there? I'm sorry. But we really do need all of them for a healthy, successful relationship. Right. And then I think that your point of where are we lacking in it might feel like that is what we need, but we do need it just to balance out the rest of it as well. Yep. It goes back to what you're saying about the gifts and the expectations at something arbitrary like Valentine's Day. I keep coming back to that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what do we need in the relationship? And how do we go about getting that mm-hmm. out of relationship? Yeah, that takes a lot of talking, right? It takes a lot of being willing to ask vulnerable questions and not always know what kind of answer you're going to get, right? Mm-hmm. Okay with that. Yeah. Renee Brown talks about that a lot, right? That the vulnerability that you have to express in a loving relationship is one that's akin to like a knight removing their armor. This person standing in front of you that you are saying the thing to could very well hurt you with their response. And it is the risk of letting your guard down and saying the thing that you need to say without knowing how they're going to respond. Again, hopefully in that loving, trusting relationship, you've built up enough to where like that person is probably not going to purposely hurt you, but they may say something that doesn't quite align or they say that they can't give you what you need. It may be in the way that you thought that you need it, but that is a risk that we take by being vulnerable and saying the things that we need. Right. And sometimes that mirrors back to us places Mm -hmm. where we need to be kind to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah need to take care of ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that brings me to another question is that, you know, at the beginning of the year, it's kind of the new year, new you. Yeah. I'm going to start off on the clean slate. I'm going to have goals. I'm going to have intentions, et cetera. What do you think is the biggest thing that stands in our way of having that connection with somebody? 
good question. <laughs> I don't mean to stump you at all, but there are so many ways that we can do our own healing to show up in the best way possible to meet someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's not a secret sauce. Yeah. By any means. Well, I mean, a lot of people out there who are probably listening to this or they're kind of in our same boat where they've had previous long-term relationships, right? We're like, we're not talking to the 17, 18, 19-year-old who's never been in a serious relationship. We're talking to mostly grown adults who've, I don't want to say we've all got trauma or we all have baggage, but we all do have personal experiences that are influencing how we move about the world. I think that there are times where we allow ourselves to continue to operate in the mode we've been in with previous partners and then We sort of make the assumption that all of our new partners are going to be that way. Like, for instance, something kind of like bugs us or gets to us or or triggers us. And when we really look at it, it's, oh, well, that's because my ex used to respond that way. And, you know, I had to do X, Y, and Z to keep myself safe. We owe it to ourselves and to our future partners. When we do feel triggered by something, that is not the moment to then go to that partner and say, you did this thing and it triggered me. That is our responsibility to say, wow, okay, I felt away when they did this. Right. I am, a certain way. I'm still dealing with this. What do I need to do to release it? Being triggered is our signal that there's still some healing to do. And that's not to say that you can't still be in a healthy, thriving relationship while you're healing. You can, but you, you better be doing the work. That's reading some books, listening to some podcasts, talking to a therapist, talking to a coach, something. You do need to actively scheme resolution of why does that bother you? If it's something that is, again, tied to your past and you're pulling it into your new relationship, one thing to pull in experience, another thing to pull in hurt, another thing to pull in like that old wound that you're still nursing. Abandonment, lack of attachment, many distrust, Mm -hmm. many of these Mm -hmm. things. You know, when I was on your show, we were talking about the sacral chakra Mm -hmm. and we still hold on to a lot of relationship trauma Mm -hmm. in the sacral chakra Mm -hmm. as well. Kundalini yoga can be really helpful for releasing Mm -hmm. some of that energy there too. So I think there's multiple modalities. There's multiple ways to release those things. Everybody's you know, got their thoughts and beliefs and there's different ways to release that stuff. But again, I, I really challenge people instead of going, well, he did this thing just like my ex did. And that really bothers me. He shouldn't do this thing. It's like, well, is it about that thing or is it about how you're remembering that your ex did that and you're remembering the pain, you're remembering the hurt feelings, whatever else it may be. So it's still the same action, but maybe there's a different motivation behind it. You know, maybe your ex did this thing to hurt you on purpose. Your current is just the thing that he's always done and he's just none the wiser. Again, maybe the answer is not telling him to stop. Maybe the answer is asking yourself, how can I heal more? And what are some of your favorite ways to help people heal through that? It can vary. Like journaling is a really good one. Really taking that moment to ask yourself some of those tougher questions. Like, why did that bother me so much earlier when he said or did that? We don't always have to jump right into, hey, you did this thing. We need to talk about it. Maybe you need to do some self-reflection. That's either journaling or talking to a friend or talking to a therapist, right? When you start feeling yourself feeling stressed out in a moment with your partner, you owe it to yourself and that person to stop and ask yourself, what do I really need in this moment? Am I tired? 
Do I need to talk? Do I need to maybe eat something? You know, do I need to sit on this for a moment and analyze it and then like have a conversation about it? But I think that stopping and taking that moment to do the self-introspection and then find the outlet that works for you, maybe mm-hmm. you need to go for a walk, right? Maybe you need to go for a 15-minute walk, clear your head, and you realize it wasn't that big of a deal. But it's, the solution is not always talking. I say like open communication is great. Open communication you absolutely need. And also, sometimes it's your own shit. Sometimes it's your stuff. you got to work out. And they don't have anything to do with it. And they have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. This is so true. Now, I want to mention something that you've got going on because you had made me think of this when suggesting books, so you know, like healing ourselves through maybe pick up a book, a podcast episode, a, a YouTube video, a class or something like that. You've got a book club going on right now. Sweet. I started with a self-care coach here in town. We started our sensual self-care book club. Yeah. So we're going to go through a few books this year. We already got our books picked out. The first one we are starting with is Dr. Lori Mintz, her book, Becoming Cliterate. Nice. Yes. So that's all about learning about our own bodies, our own anatomies, how we are as women or assigned female at birth, how we are wired how to better communicate about our needs with our partners, things like that. Book club, I'm looking forward to. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's actually at a romance bookshop. Ooh, a romance bookshop. Yes. Kansas City has its very own romance bookshop called Under the Cover. Nice. Oh, I see what they did there. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Carly's a lot of fun. So I'm really happy. That's so cool. But but we actually have a huge contingency of romance authors here in Kansas City. So she also has a lot of signed books available. Um, But yeah, we're doing our book club. And I do workshops throughout the year um, online. Mm -hmm. You know, you talk about some of the owning your own stuff, what we were talking about a moment ago. My workshop in February, I don't know how to like say this, probably Sea Worship. So it's more about the art of enjoying giving. Felatio. Yes. Yes. Roosterworship, um, I suppose. Roosterworship. There we go. There <laughs> we go. I know. I'm excited. I don't really have a study partner, but you know, who couldn't benefit from learning something new? Right. Yeah, that class is not just about this is my favorite workshop to teach. I've been teaching this since 2020. Sometimes it is not just about trying to provide your partner pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you need to get something out of that too, right? Because if we get into the habit of feeling like, well, this is just the chore, the thing that he likes, the thing that he wants done, and you're just doing it to him, doesn't make it really easy for you to want to participate consistently. But I think he can tell that too. Mm, Exactly. You know when somebody's phoning things in. You know when somebody is doing something just because you want them to. Or just because it's what they saw on porn. Or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. This really is more about teaching the giver a different mindset during the act. Mm-hmm. That sounds like fun. Just in time to practice for Steak and BJ Day. Exactly. Well, you can practice for Valentine's and Steak and BJ Day. I oh. might do one in both months, but I'm definitely doing it. I did it just in time for Valentine's. Yes. Yes. Oh, that'd be fun. I wish we could get into some of that in this podcast, but it's not that kind of show. That's okay. <laughs> They'll have to sign up for the class. Now, these classes and the book club, do you do them on Zoom at all or is it all in person? Book club for now is going to be in person. 
And then my workshops are strictly online. Okay. Yeah. I uh, actually this year shifted my business model. I had an in-person office up until now and I just moved out. Most of my clients are not here in Kansas City anymore because I got big on TikTok. So with that audience, I have clients all over the world now. Yeah. And so it just didn't make much sense to keep a physical office anymore. And plus, most people are so used to the virtual world with this stuff anyway. Right. Yeah. So I'm doing just online except for book club for now. Oh, fantastic. Now, speaking of TikTok, what is your TikTok handle? It's at Coach Kristen. Coach Kristen, at Coach Kristen, right? And you're on Instagram as well. Yes, that one's Open the Doors KC. I also, I dropped Twitter last year. A lot of us did. Elon is just too much. And plus with what I do, I'm very queer affirming. I'm an ambassador with the Mid-America LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Very proudly so. So when Elon Musk said, cis is a slur, I was like, okay, one, sir, you're just ignorant because we're just using a Latin phrase here. And to like anyone who says that cis is a slur believes that because they believe trans is a slur. And uh, I ain't having it. So I got rid of Twitter. But I do have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, as well as YouTube. Yes. Yes. What is your handle on YouTube? Because I'm sure you've got lots of great content out there. I think I want to just open the doors coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got my podcast up there, which I just started doing video of, I guess, gosh, around episode 140. So season three is coming. What's that? Season three is coming soon. Season three of Keep Them Coming. Mm -hmm. It's the podcast. What platform are you on on podcasts? All of them. All of them. Find me on Apple. You can find me on Google Pandora, Spotify. All of it. Yep. Spotify, especially. Yeah. Listen on Spotify. Make more money that way. But oh, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've also got my monthly column also called Keep Them Coming. Yes. And this is in the Pitch Magazine here in Kansas City, right? Yes. Fantastic. Keep them coming, the the podcast or the uh, column. Mm-hmm. Now, you also told me about something that you're doing, which is Girls' Night. Yeah, that's a, a newer offering. Well, I guess that one that one's in person too, but we can do that one virtually as well. But get your group of friends together, whether you're throwing your friend a divorce party you're throwing your friend a bachelorette party or just all want to get together and talk about sex and talk about relationships and get some advice from me, but also, you know, have that group session with people that you know, like, and trust. But girls night had me over for a couple of hours. You know, we can meet at a a event space as well, Mm -hmm. but that's a big group, group workshop exercise with less structure. It's just more of Let's do some education. Let's do some sharing. Let's do some normalizing and some destigmatizing. Sometimes you get a group of people together, especially women, and once one person says they like and do something, it can open the door and other people admitting, well, I like that too. And then it makes it a little less taboo for somebody else in the room. Right. Which I see what you did there. Your business is called Open the Doors Coaching. Yes. <laughs> and you're getting a new website, a brand new website. Yeah. I had a wonderful photo shoot in the fall. So it just was like, okay, it's, not, it's time. We got to use these photos. We got to get a new website. I've had the same website since 2017. So yeah, new brand new openthedoorscoaching.com is coming, I think by the 13th. So yeah, in a couple of days here, it'll be up. 
Oh, that's super. Yeah. By the time that this episode comes out, it will be out. So the link will be in the show notes. Yeah. Um, seeing that brand new website. Do you have anything else coming up that we should know about? Kind of being here. I think we pretty much covered. I will be doing more and more workshops, you know, throughout the year. My sea worship one in February is just the first map. I'll be doing one like every other month. But if people wanted to stay up to date on whether it's my columns, season three of my podcast, any of my workshops, they can get on my email newsletter. If they go to my any of my social media channels, there's a link in my bio. And then you can go through my flow page and see where to sign up for. I have a safe for work. So it doesn't yeah. really matter what email address you put in there. It'll make it through the filters. But I have one that is not safe for work. You want to make sure to put a personal email address in there. And that's my dirty bird email, which is a lot more risque. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like fun. A lot yeah. of fun. That one is explicit. That one has cuss words. That one says all the body parts and all the acts and all the things. There's no asterisks for letters. There's no getting things through the filters. I'll put it that way. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, you've got a lot of great things coming up this year. 2024, by all accounts, seems like it's going to be a transformational year for many people. It's going to be so much better than the last few years combined. Now, I've been talking with our astrologer. I'm going to be talking with a numerologist and then a psychic mm -hmm. panel as well coming up on the show. And oh everything seems to agree that 2024 is our year. I am a Capricorn. This is my year. This is my year. I'm telling you, not only, okay, I am my numerology, my birthday, I am a seven. Uh -huh. So you think a seven likes a seven last year sucked. I hated 2023. 2024 is an eight. Yeah. 2024 is an eight. Also as a Capricorn, I finally have Pluto moving out of my chart for the first time since 2008. My life has been nothing but chaos since 2008. It's a constant just up and down and up and down birth and renewal and death and then rebirth. Mm, I'm done. done. I need some failing for a little while. And that's everything everyone has been saying is like, Capricorn, this is your year. I'm like, it better be. <laughs> the age of Aquarius. Finally. Finally. Yes. So this is our year. Lots of self-love. Yes. Lots of love, love. Yes. Lots of healing and sharing that healing with the people we'd like to be close to. Yes. Yes. This Absolutely. is perfect for this year. And this is why I wanted to talk to you. Kristen Thomas, certified sex coach at the beginning of the year to set the stage. And I think that right now, I mean, there's snow on the ground here in Kansas City right now as we are recording this. And yes, the first of the year is a great time to start thinking about what's the tone that you want to set for the year? What are some of the things you really want to accomplish? And also, you may not really get started on things until the spring. You may not take very much action until it starts to warm up again, because that's how our bodies and our minds are really designed. We are designed to be seasonal creatures. We are designed to shut down for the winter and to be cozy and wrap up, put on a little extra weight, be cozy in our bodies and be okay with that and then emerge in spring. So even if right now, the next couple of months, you spend this time trying to journal, have conversations, talk to a coach or a therapist, talk to your lover. And it's maybe right now is more of the contemplation time about what do I really need to change, want to change, want to be better. And then spring hits. And that's when you start implementing your action plan for something even better. 
Yeah, that's a good plan because winter is a time where we build up our forces, we get ready and we emerge then. Mm -hmm. No, it's a great time to talk with your partner, set the stage for this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for talking with me today. It was so funny because we really didn't have a a topic, but I feel like we covered everything that needed to be covered. But And you know, I will give your your listeners something. I know sometimes getting into talking about some of this stuff can be challenging just to broach the conversation, right? So if there are some wonderful like playing card games out there um, or, or kind of conversation starter things for couples. Yes. Um, instance, Esther Perel's Where Should We Begin? That's mm-hmm. a lovely game that she developed, I think, about two years ago. It's asking you some fairly like deep personal questions in very non-judgmental ways, but they're like conversation prompts. And then there's also... A conversation deck that I believe it's the book is Fair Play, but the author of that book wrote out a conversation deck that's talking about like relationship equity and things like that. I love that. Yeah. These activities are a great way to get to know somebody and just open up a conversation. Sometimes we don't know even know where to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you need something that's like a, a tangible thing to help you get through those conversations, by all means, whatever mm-hmm. helps you. They're just great, tools in your toolbox. Great date night fodder, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Kristen Thomas, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun and we'll have to do this again. Yes, please. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.